You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy and Sean McGuire. Well, gather round, it is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Well, hello. Hello. Sean, I did go back. Uh, actually, I don't remember what I was listening for, but uh, I, I listened back to some old episodes, and I, I did use your last name almost always. Yeah, I think I, I... I think it just felt really weird that one week when I said Sean McGuire or something like that and it just felt like i had stumbled saying it so it felt funny yeah um, no I, I i i think it was mostly my reaction to it that was weird i don't know our wives are out of town again they're doing some they summer don't traveling. like us very much well yeah they that's true they're doing a lot of summer travel without us this year um but it does give us the opportunity i'm i'm porky pigging it again and i i see your donald donald <laughs> Donald ducking it again. Wow, he couldn't even say the word. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, no, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> oh, fine. Um, I did. I wanted to let you know, Sean, in uh-huh. case in case you were worried. I went in and got my physical recently. My uh, wow, this is for sure going to be a TMI situation. All right, go. Well, I found out. I probably have been told this before, but I'm just paying more attention to it now for some reason. But I found out I have a BMI of twenty eight point two one. Wow, that's very and specific. Given our discussion of uh, BMIs for uh, rookie receivers, uh, I think it was just on my mind. So I wanted to see which NFL players might have a similar BMI to myself. Is it Nate Newton? Yes. Well, no, it's not Nate Newton. <laughs> Do you remember uh, Nate Newton? There were, I found a couple, just I didn't look real hard, but I found a couple of defensive backs from the 90s that have uh, or had the same BMI that I have. One really? is. Yeah, one's a safety named Ryan Black, mm-hmm. and the other was a cornerback named Wolf Barber, which I often... When <laughs> his, I, na- his name is really Wolf Barber? His name or is that his <laughs> former job title? Uh, no, right? That'd be, a, that'd be a really difficult job. Right. What do you do? I'm a Wolf Barber. I'm a Wolf Barber. So, <laughs> And given that fact, um, I oftentimes, when I hear phrases or words, I think that'd be a good band name. So that Wolf one's, Barber. Yep, that one's going in the... Not It's not my favorite, but it's going in the uh, band name can i i i I don't hate it i don't hate it i I like it more than some of the names that we went by i won't say which ones but they're all the ones that you you chose wow (laughs) we are currently using a name i chose by the way just remember that it was a name i thought of you may have thought of it but i i got to choose it because i won a contest you won a contest (laughs) all right well welcome in today sean and i are going to be talking about i think we have 11 players that are either sells or buys, and they're second-year players. So we're going to talk through some of those situations, some of those players. And I think, Sean, we probably can just jump right into it. Uh, yeah, let's do it. So should I start with my, the first guy? that? Let's do the sells first. We're going to do the sells first? Right? Yes. We're going to do, uh, I think we have seven sells and four buys. Okay. So yeah, let's do those. So the first one, I'm first guy that I'm going to sell... I talked about in our overrated podcast uh, is Cam Akers. 
and I don't want to, um, I don't want people to say, and like, these are all second year players. So these are all people, uh, that, that, you know, we've seen a little bit, a little bit of, and you have to make a projection, right? So for just to, so you don't have to go back and listen to the podcast, the short version of it, uh, is that his ADP is really high. Um, and it is, uh, uh, it's based on a very small sample, right? He had some games at the end of the year, uh, and, and then Stafford is coming in and people are kind of hyping that up as well. And I don't necessarily think that Stafford helps him. And, um, I also think, um, there's been all this discussion, in the uh, in the larger dynasty fantasy football community about um, the fact that he is like a bell cow running back because he's clearly better than than uh, than Henderson, uh, but uh, I don't know if that's the question. The question isn't is he better than Darrell Henderson, whose stats are as good. Um, there's reasons to think Cam Akers is a better player than Darrell Henderson, but. I think the question is, is that doesn't answer the question about whether he's a bell cow back. And I just, I haven't seen, um, the consistency that would, that would lead me to believe that it, it, he is for sure a bell cow back. And I think his ADP is that of a for sure bell cow back. And those are just hard to come by. I think people are excited. He finished the year getting a ton of work yep. for the Rams. And I think people are just saying, okay, the, the, the mantle or whatever has been handed. Is that the right word? The mantle has been handed to no, uh, the baton. The baton. But anyway, yes, that he's been being given this job. Yep. And I just don't know that that's true because he, they went back and forth, and you know, it's it's a little bit like, um, I mean, weird thing for me is like Fournette versus Rojo. They went back and forth, and whoever had the job last isn't necessarily the person who's going to start with things and whatnot. But I also don't necessarily think it's just going to be a black and white situation like that. I think he's going to play a little bit. So he'll be, you know, he'll be the lead back. I think he'll be the lead back on a, on a team with some offensive line problems and a, and a quarterback that just hasn't helped running backs too much in, the, in his history. So I look at where he was uh, where he was taken, and I think this is a bit of a, a question because we're talking about this in a salary cap context, right? Cam Akers was his his uh, his original ADP um, was uh, seven, and now he's up to three. If you're just comparing second year players, right? So right. last so his, year, he, as a he, rookie, he was the third rookie off the board. He was typically. the seventh rookie. Off oh, sorry, the board. seventh rookie off the board. And now, compared with only his peers, the second year players, he's third. Okay, so. His salary is is going to be uh, every league is a little bit different, but it's going to be it's going to be fine. And I just look at other young players that you could have, and I think who are going to have, um, well, let's put put it this way: similar ADP. So if you're looking at dynasty ADP overall, these are players that regular dynasty fantasy football people are valuing similarly. They include Justin Jefferson. Uh, they include DK Metcalf. I think, although I'm not a big fan of AJ Brown um, as 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 much as many people, but a lot of people are, includes Zeke, who is for sure a guaranteed bell cow back, and by the way, not that old, right? Um, and it includes uh, Swift. I would rather have Swift um, 
and uh, includes Dobbins as well. These are all kind of right around that same ballpark. You you probably can sell acres for Swift and also get something else thrown in. Um, and <clears throat> the only downside to that is, you know, if this if there's a salary increase, um, I'm just thinking it's probably going to be pretty small because these guys probably are we're all taken somewhere in that the 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 between. Um, last half three, of the first round. Yeah, between three and seven, they're, 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 they're all taken in that range. So I'm guessing there's probably not a big salary savings difference. I could see um, Zeke being a guy that might be a little bit more expensive uh, salary-wise because he's been around a bit. Um, but but honestly, Jefferson and Metcalf, um, and if A.J. Brown's your, your flavor of ice cream, he's not mine, but if he's yours, I would just rather have have those those guys and the the long term what i see is just a much more stable value situation a guy like dk metcalf there's not anybody that's going to challenge him for a job for 10 years probably right yeah and i just wanted to mention we've mentioned this before but we'll be talking a lot about adp on this episode and we're not looking at this as in terms of drafting these players that we just use it as a way to to figure out how the public is viewing these guys at this point in time. So let's say you've got Cam Akers at um, a salary for a mid-first-round draft pick, right? Um, are some of those names that I threw out there, are they, are they intriguing you? Would, you? would you, for a similar salary, would you rather have Akers or would you rather have Swift? Yeah, um, I would, I've always liked Swift's talent and uh, actually considered him for this episode. So I was kind of digging into his stats. I, I just really like him. So I think every guy you mentioned, I would take Zeke is the one, like you said, he might be a little more expensive and, but he's not that old. And he's only 25. I think so. I do expect him to rebound. He had kind of a down year last year, but I think he'll be back. So I think all the names that you mentioned are guys that I would rather have over acres. If you're like in a short window, let's say you're in a short window, like, uh, I would rather have Aaron Jones. I mean, if, if, that's a different calculation because I really think you do have a shorter window with Aaron Jones. But I, if Rodgers is there, I just think that that's a much more stable situation. And I think, um, so I think that would, for me, that's part of that is a little bit of what's Aaron Jones' salary at. In a lot of leagues, he was taken in the second round um, or even later. So who knows exactly where his salary is right now? Um, it, it probably varies a lot, league to league. Um, so that's that's why I didn't exactly throw him. I don't know how you feel about Aaron Jones versus versus Acres. I mean, you just sold Aaron Jones. We should... Well, because of yeah salary implications, but yeah, I think maybe if we have time at the end of the episode, we can talk about my trade because there's some there's some fun things to talk about right. there. But right. let's move along to my first sell, uh, Ceh. I think we also mentioned him on the overrated episode. So I'm not going to spend a ton of time on him, but I do think he's a sell. Um, I mean, his lack of prowess at the goal line is pretty well known. Uh, however, he was the running back 18 in points per game through week six. So things were, were looking okay. And then the ghost of Le'Veon Bell arrived. It, is, it was the ghost because it wasn't like Le'Veon Bell did anything either. But right. yeah. But after that, CEH saw single digit touches in four of the nine games he played. Um, 
including the playoffs after he got there, and 11 or fewer touches in six of those nine games. So he just saw a massive drop in opportunities. His production over that time dropped by three and a half points per game. That made him the running back 31 in points per game. Um, He did finish the season as the running back 22 overall, um, but at best, CEH was returning mid to low end running back to production. So I don't see CH, CEH as a guy who's ever really going to return that one number one or number two overall draft price that you paid to acquire him. I, I see him as the workhorse for the Chiefs. I just think that offense is going to go through other guys. Yeah. Um, but his ADP hasn't dropped a ton. It's dropped a little bit. I think um, maybe from... I don't know, down to seven or something. I think he like went. That. It was originally. Um, uh, I can't remember exactly where it was, but it, but it dropped. Yeah, it's dropped a bit, but it hasn't dropped a crazy amount. Yeah. So I mean, I would even consider trading him for um, for a pick. You know, like if you were to get a, a pick in twenty twenty two that you thought would be in the top half of the first round, I'd think about that. I'd take probably a twenty twenty three first rounder. Um maybe. I'd want something else probably thrown in there for that one. What when I looked at his ADP, the guys that um that are similar, uh Calvin Ridley. I'd take him easily. Every, every day, day in, a week and twice, twice on, on Sunday, Sunday right? Yeah. So Gibson. I'd take him. Yeah, I mean, I can't. Those are no, they're they're they have slightly higher. So so and but and you also have to come out with a with figure out what the salary balance is there. But because um, Ch was probably taken number one overall in a lot of leagues. Um, uh, Joe Mixon, I take Joe Mixon every day. Uh, unless he's for some reason really expensive, but I just I just see having like this me- mediocre. RB2, which is what I really think CH is going to be, uh, I'd just much rather have a Take couple. a shot on a guy like Mixon. Yep. Eckler. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd take Eckler for sure. I think Eckler's going to have uh, a great couple of years here with Herbert. Um, and then the, the name, if I switch positions, that that is rated behind CH <laughs> is Terry McLaurin. I yeah. mean, I, I, that the, the idea that I could give up a mediocre running back who's young but just probably does not ever project to be an RB1 and get a guy with McLaurin's upside, I, that to me is insane. Sure. Well, and there's a couple of quarterbacks on this list here too, yeah. and Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. Yep. I mean. If you, can change, if you can change positions, you know, if you're not – I mean, if you're desperate for a running back, it, it, your options are still. I still like all those running back options, but, but uh, I mean, you know, uh, C.D. Lamb is behind, rated behind Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Like that to me right. is, is like a is like criminal. So he's a for sure sell for me. Though there's a bunch of guys that are being valued by the community as about the same as him that I just the, think are way better. The only difficult part of moving him is that that number one overall pick salary. Right, and if he's number one, number two in your league, it, it's just right now is at a point where even a mediocre rookie, their salary is usually not that not that big of a deal. So I would just want to move him like right away before people realize like you're 
you're paying you, you his salary is still fine but you're not getting a special bargain off of somebody you could get on the free agent wire right and that's that's the thing with all these guys is we are making a projection on them most of them we haven't seen a lot from or you know all we have is a year at most to go on so you you were projecting to some degree on all of these guys all right sean who's your next sell so my next sell is a guy that i don't want to sell and this so (laughs) this is this is a hard this is a hard one for me to do uh the the person is chase claypool and before you literally just immediately shut off the, the the podcast understand i love chase claypool um, I was a big proponent for Chase Claypool last year. I desperately wanted to get him on my team, could not do it. Um, so, and he had production uh, that I thought was really impressive given his, his team and quarterback and, and target competition and whatnot. He ended up with, um, I think, around 850 yards and like nine touchdowns three of which were in one game, but like pretty good stats. And it makes him look a little bit like given this size profile, like DK 2.0. And if I love DK Metcalf, why would I ever say sell Chase Claypool? So here's why this is like an asterisk. If you love Chase Claypool, don't sell him. Just, just don't. But I'm going to tell you why maybe you should, even though your heart, like for me, my heart says don't sell him. But my mind says maybe, maybe this is time to sell him. And the reason is ultimately where I think the Steelers' offense is going to go. There, this is a three-headed monster receiver right now with Chase, who I like, Deontay Johnson, who I like also, and also think he's pretty good. Juju, who I don't like, but also has been productive, especially if he's as a slot receiver. I don't see Deontay going anywhere. Um, so they're always going to be sharing targets. Um, which isn't the end of the world if you've got a high-volume passing attack. We've got Big Ben there. And he's not any good. Um, and I don't see anything in the future. There, there, there seems to be no plan for the future. Um, they have a terrible cap situation. Um, and, you know, you, you think about other situations with three wide receivers, and you've got, like, I think about Dallas, when Dak was healthy, no problem supporting three wide receivers and, and actually a tight end. Uh, when Dak w- went down, like, poof, like, everybody started being really mediocre. Um, and <clears throat> I also think about um, what his, uh, his, in scratch leagues, right? So just for looking for this one year, um, his, he, the three receivers all have an ADP in the 20s. They're all, like, basically low-end wide receiver twos, high-end wide receiver threes are in kind of that realm. And Big Ben is, like, depending on where you look, he's in the 20s as a quarterback. Either At the highest I've seen him is QB 20. The lowest I think I've seen is about QB 27. But, like, that's like Derek Carr, Carson Wentz territory. So I don't think it's sustainable. So I, I think that there's a disconnect between how people perceive Big Ben and how people perceive these receivers that they want to be really good. And there's just nothing behind Big Ben either. Yeah. There's like, no I mean, they could they draft somebody? Sure. And that, this is and this is the where it really comes to me for me is there's a a two percent chance that 
they somehow get a quarterback and it's like a Manning to Luck conversion or a, a Favre to Rogers conversion. Like that's, I mean, 2% is not a scientific number. But <laughs> I pulled that, you know, from where you think I pulled it from. But From your Donald Duck. <laughs> right. But, you know, 98% of the chance there's going to be a Christian Ponder or Blake Bortles or a Mitch Trubisky or some other mediocre to below average quarterback there in Pittsburgh for, I don't know, between two and 20 years. <laughs> if it's the Vikings, it's 20. It's 20, yeah. yeah. But like, there's going to be some kind of situation. So if that's if that's your situation and you're banking on these young, talented receivers, um, I, I think it doesn't add up for him to have the, the numbers that he could have in a better situation. Chase Claypool was a steal in your draft, right? So if you got him, unless unless you were like way overexcited about him, you got him at like the end of the second round, um, or even the third round. His his relative ADP has jumped from like twenty nine to thirteen, which means he's highly marketable. So I I'm suggesting that maybe now is the time that you use that cheap salary that that people are really excited about him and try to convert it into something that might be more sustainable long-term. Or a couple of things. Or a couple of things. And one of the things that you can tr- you should be able to trade him straight up and get something for Jerry Judy. Right? We're going to talk about Jerry Judy later. But this is a guy that I think is in a much better situation. Even though they also have a mediocre uh, quarterback situation, I-, I just think that he's a, a guy that's kind of built um, – for high volume, especially if you're playing in like a PPR situation, I just think you're just going to get more consistent volume there as well. So I think, I think that this would maybe be the reason why you would try to, to, to sell a guy that you really like if you can get a lot for him. And that's, and that's, and I do think that he might be a guy that you might be able to get a shocking value for a Chase Claypool, especially if he's cheap. Well, and he, very high, very high draft pick. You might be gonna get a Waddle. I think he's rated lower than him, and given his salary, you might be able to trade him and get. You might even be able to get into some of those discussions of high twenty twenty one first round picks. You know, like uh, given salary considerations, someone who has the pick with Chase might. You might Jamar Chase. You might be able to trade Chases. <laughs> you might be able to do something like that because if Jamar Chase was drafted number one, number two, number three overall, something like that, that salary profile is going to be a lot different than a guy who is at your league minimum. And I would do that. Okay. I would do that if I was the uh, the guy that got Chase. I would... Got I would, which Chase? Uh, <laughs> that's, not really, that's not really going to help people. Jamar Chase, yeah. Yeah, you would you would trade, trade Chase Claypool for Jamar Chase yes. and probably give... Yes. Even though you're probably getting a more expensive player, because I think I just think you're going to see a much higher volume there, right? And I was going to say Claypool. Everybody's excited about him, and he did show some ability, but he he was really inconsistent. And, there was some, yeah, but and and that's yeah. fine. I mean, wide receivers always are, but we don't know for sure. And like you could probably say that about every every guy we're going to talk about today, 
we just don't know for sure. He looks pretty good. So I agree with you. Maybe take the chance if you get the right offer to jump on the opportunity to just improve and maybe get a little more of a sure thing. Right. That's that's kind of where I'm at. It, it, some of the some of the guys you that are of similar ADP, I would rather have Chase Claypool than Miles Gaskin. So different. They're very similar, but I would rather take the guy like Claypool. Um, than a guy like Gaskin who literally might be out of a job next year. He's got a job this year apparently, but but I'm just saying is so it's not it's just like sell the guy. It's just see if you can get something real special. Right. Capitalize on that huge ADP jump. Right. Yeah. My next guy is uh speaking of not a huge ADP jump <laughs> that maybe should have been. Uh I just, I had to bring up Keyshawn Vaughn and I wasn't really planning on doing this, but when I looked at it, um his ADP just did not drop like it should have. He went from the rookie number 23 last year to being the 28th rookie, uh, according to ADP. So he dropped a little, but yeah. I mean, my question is why, like, why did, why was it so little? He touched about 31 times last year, <laughs> ran, got under 150 yards and one touchdown on the season. He was a healthy scratch multiple weeks. His coach is currently mad at him because he skipped voluntary OTAs. Uh, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette are back. The team added Giovanni Bernard. So any chance of him becoming the pass catching back is gone unless Bernard gets hurt. Um, I think he's just still living off that hype that there was before the draft. There was a, a burst of hype last summer. I sh- and I, I was thinking before r- rookie drafts, but yeah, like after he was drafted in Tampa yep. and there was talk about him maybe being the lead back for Bruce Arians, everybody was really excited about him. And I think people are just still kind of maybe hung up on that. And he's a long way from being the lead back in Tampa. So I think that's, yeah, it, it was, it was a situation. It depends on when your rookie draft was. I think a lot of people do their rookie drafts like right after the NFL draft. Yes. And then they were like, you know, they're living high off of that. But his ADP had fallen. I think the ADP we're using, I'm guessing it's more from from the end of the summer, uh, because because he was not. I think what we what we used for his ADP um, had him being drafted at about 23. And there was a he was point in time. Higher. Yeah, there was a point in time last summer where he was going in the first, late first, right, early second. Yes. And so if you got him there my condolences uh but yeah and if you got him later now he's dropped down to the 28 i'd still i mean just like if you can get anything for him but you can get a lot if you look at the the adp around where he is now i mean you're you could pick up you know blake jarwin if you wanted not that he's a great player or Ertz, but you could take a chance on a couple of tight ends that maybe have some promise Dwayne eskridge who's a rookie you might be able to trade for. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the, these guys on this list that we're looking at is is like Russell Gage, Dwayne Eskridge, Zach Ertz, Daniel Jones, Blake Jarwin, Javian Hawkins, Darius Slayton, Elijah Mitchell, Kirk Cousins, and Gerald Everett. It's a, it's a list of players that I'm not excited about, too many of them. But I look at Keyshawn Vaughn is literally a piece of litter, right? Well, so all of them... That's kind of mean, but... Uh, <laughs> Oh, as a fantasy football. Oh, there player. you go. Okay, okay. I'm not talking about as a human being. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he. You don't. 
he doesn't really I, belong on I've, a roster. I've gone and said I, there's a reason to not be excited about Russell Gage. I would immediately take roll the dice with that. Yeah, I said I think last week or the week before, Zach Ertz is not disappeared. He's going to be playing football somewhere, and he's still pretty good. You can get a couple good years out of him. You want to think that you might you roll the dice on Gerald Everett. That's a, He's an exciting possibility at tight end. Why not? Um, I mean, so, unless you have really super deep rosters, I just don't see why Keyshawn Vaughn should be on a, on a roster. Yeah, I think that's that's where I think you – we probably already talked about him more than you need to. Yeah. Other than if you have him, you should not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up. Okay, so this is another guy that, that um, you know, he's just a guy that I've never liked. And I'm just, I'm not going to pretend otherwise. It's Zach Moss, and um, you and I kind of went through and looked at these guys and 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 ranked them, and we combined half them out about twenty four. I don't remember exactly, but I think you and I are pretty similar on it. His I can cr- look it up while you talk. Yeah, his current ADP uh, is about nineteen relative to his classmates, which is a drop from seventeen originally. But I just don't think he dropped enough. <laughs> like, we have we both have him in the mid twenties. Yeah, out, uh, out of this rookie class. So so, I, I he came in. Everybody knew it was going to be some kind of some kind of sharing time situation with Singletary, and many of us were saying that he's also in a share time situation with their goal line back, Josh Allen, and and uh, and that's exactly what happened. So he basically played. About the same amount all year last year, he didn't. He he wasn't like Cam Akers where he had a surge. He basically got from between seven and thirteen carries a game. Like that's that's not enough to sustain a, a football player. He was less efficient as a runner than Singletary. Uh, Singletary um, caught passes. He did not. Um, he I looked at some of the the, the more. Um, advanced uh data you know he didn't do well versus stacked fronts you'd think let's get the big guy he can do better against a, a stacked uh box he didn't he had one of the highest percentages of running with the lead so that's an advantage to the running back uh and he still was pretty mediocre um and uh he had three goal line carries total Wow. So so you get a big back and he gets three goal line carries. Um I just don't see where he's going. Well, and I've read recently he's been kind of banged up here in the preseason as well. So if not he, even at the preseason. So he, I'm like, sorry, not in but but in like OTAs and yeah. camps and that. And so <laughs> that doesn't bode well. So How do you if, get banged up in OTAs. If your hope is that he was going to come in and take the job from Singletary, well, he's not showing up. To, no. to, to do that so he's again so one of the things that you really notice when you start looking at ADP is how much really mediocre running backs um, are overvalued it's just like people are just desperate for a running back and um, so the guys that have similar ADP uh, Davis in Atlanta uh, for sure I would roll the dice with Davis. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, he's he's starting all by himself, for one thing. Yeah, there's like... He, he may not be on your team next year, 
Yeah, but you probably get a year or two with Davis, but that's that's going to be more than you're going to get out of Moss. Uh, but then switch positions. Go, you could trade him for Justin Fields or Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Are Watson. You kidding. So you got a guy who might not play this year, but when he does play, every year is a top five quarterback, yeah. like an elite quarterback. Yeah. Oh, compared for sure, to, you would do that compared to a guy who is going to play this year. But he's never going to play for you. You're never going to be like starting Zach Moss and be like, I'm excited I'm starting Zach Moss. I might get eight carries or I might get 12 carries. Who knows? Right. Um, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, his, now his salary, he was most likely like your number one or number two overall pick when he got drafted. But I don't care. I still would take the chance that I can get some pro- productive games out of Leonard Fournette than having a guy like Moss who I just – I don't see a future for him. Robbie Anderson. Um, I don't like Robbie Anderson, but I'd like him more than Zach Moss. <laughs> so uh, Harris in New England. I, I don't like him either, but I still think um, I still think I like the chance that he can do something more than more than Zach Moss. I don't know how if any of those names intrigue you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I think again, everyone that you mentioned, I. I didn't balk at, you know, I, I mean, Fournette's. Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Yeah. Yeah, why not? <laughs> you're I looking, mean, you're I'm looking just at like, me like, what? Why? Well, and Watts, like a lot of the names you mentioned, I, it would be a no-brainer for it's, me. It's just because it's just because the run, it's hard to find running backs, you know, because, because you, you know, if you, but if you can change positions, yeah. you know, because otherwise running backs, you're also looking at like Raheem Mostert. And honestly, I probably would keep Moss over Raheem Mostert, but but maybe not. I don't know. I think it depends on the situation a little bit where your team's at yeah. for that one. But I think yeah, if you can, I think that's part of it. All right. So who you got next? All right. Well, so this one's a little selfish. I do not have Tua Tungavailoa on my team. I'm not a manager of his, but I just was kind of curious because he was so hyped pre. NFL draft and people were talking about tanking for Tua and then Burrow kind of came out of nowhere Mm -hmm. and took the number one spot but I look at this guy that was really hyped and then came in and just really had not a very good season so I wanted to dig in and and figure out is this this somebody I'm in on or not Mm -hmm. um I guess spoiler alert he's in our cell list here so (laughs) you you know where we ended up but he was number two last year. I looked at the and metrics on play. What is it? Player Profiler. Yeah, I think is the name of the site. Um, I looked at some metrics on there, and he was good at in his accuracy rating, his catchable pass rate. He was number two and three in those two areas. Um, he was number ten in pressured completion percentage, and he was number ten in rushing touchdowns. Now. A lot of the reason that those numbers are high is he was throwing really close to the line of scrimmage, so his accuracy and catchable pass rate was pretty high. And I suppose his pressured completion percentage was high because he was always being pressured as well. Um, But the bad news is is he was in the bottom half of every other metric for QBs on player profiler. Now, in his defense, let's keep in mind that that does include pass plays per game where he was number 19, so that's below average for opportunities. He, it was number 26 for supporting cast efficiency, 23 for protection rate, and 22 for receiver target separation. So what that tells me is Tua was not getting a lot of help from his teammates, and he wasn't really getting a, a lot of opportunities to throw. 
So to address this, the Dolphins did acquire more weapons for him in 2021. They now have Fuller and Waddle. They drafted Hunter Long. Um, and they picked up some free agents on their O-line and drafted a couple of tackles. So it's, it remains to be seen, but that might help. So the rest of it just comes down for me to the impact of the injury that Tua suffered on his hip, um, how that's impacting his game, and whether or not he can continue to develop. So I, I since I thought, well, this probably comes down just to who Tua is as a player, I wanted to find out how often does a QB start slowly and then go on to greatness. And I found a study that was focused on uh, QB's adjusted net yards per attempt at the beginning of their uh, their careers. And that stat, I used that or the study used that because it rolls a few things into one metric. It, completion percentage, downfield passing, touchdowns and interceptions all get kind it of sounds, rolled it, into that. It just sounds so scientific. It's a study. It's not, it's not some guy... <clears throat> you know, in his sweatpants, crunching numbers. No, it's a study. Go, go ahead. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was some guy in sweatpants. <laughs> but uh, it could be I, gal. Yes, well, it could be, but also in sweatpants. Also in sweatpants, yes. Um, but it, things aren't looking good for two of them. Only one-third of the top 42 quarterbacks since the NFL merger fell below average in their first 16 games in this metric. Now, I didn't calculate the average for Tua, but he was well below the median in uh, in adjusted yet nard, yet adjusted net yards per attempt. Or yet nards. <laughs> um, Do people still say nards? I so I think it's pretty safe to assume he was below average as well. Um, now, he still does have seven games left in that first 16-game set. Um and he does have the injury, and his team wasn't great, so there were some extenuating circumstances. So I don't know that we can write him off, but I think we should remember that two-thirds of the great quarterbacks since the merger were above average in that stat in their first 16 games, and Tua is nowhere near that. So that I was a... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say that was a long road to get to, given what we've seen so far, I think the chances that Tua develops into a great quarterback are less than 50-50. Um, his ADP has dropped, but not a ton. So I think this you still have some value in him. This would be a time I would maybe start trying to trade him. I don't know. What do you think, Sean? I mean, yeah. His his ADP went from, what, 15 to 21. It's not, it's not a terrible drop. I, I have seen some, uh, some stuff... Um, uh, that would suggest that his um, some of those metrics to throw close to the line and stuff like that were um, maybe I guess you could argue distorted by a few games. You know, like like he had a few games that really dropped those numbers down. Um, but I also think, <clears throat> in, you know, when you don't play. I think would he would he have uh, nine or, or ten played, games? He played in ten, but the the tenth game was I think he only had two attempts, so right. he so, came in at the end of the game. Yeah, it was. I'm looking at it right now. Game, his first game, he just came in at the very end. Um, that was weird. He also got kind of came in and came out. It was a weird situation where they yep. they put him into a playoff race and and uh, you know he did okay, but not you know everybody kind of thought Fitz looked better, but. Ultimately, I, I just think 
with a with a ten game sample, I don't think you can just kind of throw out the bad ones. You know, I I I think you have to count them all, and when you do that, it, I think it. Uh, I mean, because otherwise, I think you just kind of distort the numbers. You are just picking and choosing which ones you're going to count. Um, I I'm struck by if you drafted Tua last year, you're hoping to get kind of a career quarterback and yeah, franchise franchise. Yeah, sorry, that, that's what I meant to say, franchise. And I just, I, I don't, I, I think you're going to get a guy who's going to be pretty good for a long time. And I started looking at who ADP-wise you should be able to trade him for, and I think, okay, well, if you're really trying to win now, you can trade him for, for Ryan Tannehill, and I'd, I'd do that. Yep. And Tannehill's he's not young, but I think he's like 32, but he'll be around for quite some time, and and – I just I would do that. Um, if you're really kind of more of a build mode, uh, he his his ADP suggests you could trade him for Zach Wilson. Uh, I would do that every day. Yeah, and twice on Sunday. Right, maybe three times on Sunday. <laughs> Honestly, and one once Monday night. You do it twice on Sunday and once Monday night. But um, I, I just because I, I think the the ceiling is. Re- we're still really high on Zach Wilson. The floor might be low, but I'd still roll the dice there. Baker Mayfield to me was a, was another guy that you could is also pretty young. Um, I I I think Baker is a guy that um, you get concerned about because there's so much running in that offense. Um, but I I still think that long term I, I would I, I've seen more out of him that to me seems. Um, Reliable. So if you're looking for a pretty good quarterback, I'd rather have Baker than Tua. And if you're looking for upside, I'd still rather have Baker than Tua. Because um, I, I, I think, I feel like we have a, have a pretty good idea that Tua is going to be an okay quarterback. Yeah. That's, and, that's and may, about it. And maybe better. I think you've mentioned this before, Sean, but maybe better for his NFL team than a fantasy quarterback as right. well. All right. We have one more sell. Yeah, and this is another guy that I kind of I would say I believe in his talent. It's AJ Dillon. Lots of people didn't believe in his talent. He was a very polarizing uh, person last year, um, and uh, I was I fell down uh, fell down <laughs> I fell into the camp that he uh, was was going to be a good player, and and um, I, I probably had him rated um, a little higher than than many. Uh, he got drafted. His 2020 ADP was 26, so top of the third round. Now in our league, he went in the first round, which is crazy. But um, and here's the interesting thing. Um, <laughs> so what they do? They 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 gave Aaron Jones a contract for at least two years, um, and. Uh, well, I think AJ Dillon will probably get that job in like two years. Um, that that it's weird that they they, they all of this happened. They give this contract, and Rogers, by the way, uh, starts saying he doesn't want to be in Green Bay, or at least telling somebody that he doesn't want to be in Green Bay, and his ADP rises. <laughs> so Do you think AD- that? I was just wondering if that was just the Jamal Williams effect. Jamal going to I think uh, so, to Detroit. I think people think, well, at least I'm going to get Jamal Williams production. 
And that's fine, but no one's going to win with Jamal Williams' production. So, like, if you're just looking for a guy that you can spot start here and there, that's fine. But I don't know why he would be the 16th best player in the class ahead of a bunch of receivers that didn't pan out their first year but could still pan out, right? Mm -hmm. There's no reason why um, some of these, you know, Michael Pittman or, 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 um, you know, Henry Ruggs or one of these guys can't pan out. And if you're looking at Dylan, you know Dylan's not going to do anything for two years. So for me, it's like, okay, his ADP has risen. Just get out now. Sure. And I started thinking, looking at who you could get for him. And for me, Michael Carter, I would, I would, if I could trade AJ Dillon for Michael Carter, I would do it easily. Uh, Trey Sermon, easily. These are not close calls for me. These are guys that are, have slightly higher ADP than Dylan. But... Is that because um, they'll be playing? You expect them to be playing I expect so them much to have sooner? A chance to be playing, and like either one of those players has a chance at being a. I want to say bell cow, but I really mean a dominant. Sure, the, they the, dominate the carries the, on their the, team. The one A to the one B, right? Okay early on whereas we know that that's not really going to be the case for Dylan not for not for a couple of years not for a couple of years because they're tied to that contract now I mean could could they put a, a guy they're paying on the bench that that happens occasionally but like Aaron Jones has been really productive so I just don't see that happening could he get injured yes if you don't predict injuries here um could I uh switch positions and would I trade him for a guy like Bateman who I really like the talent and I have said I don't like the situation. Yeah, because I still like the situation more than being mm. a backup running back. Mm-hmm. Um, when I go with Jalen Hurts, who uh, we're probably not going to have time to talk about today, but he's a guy that I, I do think ha- in, a, in the fantasy world has is a good guy to, to get. Yeah, um, LaVisca Chenault, another guy that I don't necessarily love, but as I said, one of those guys that that they have a chance to be something uh special and i just don't think uh, i don't think dylan's gonna have that chance because you don't know what's going to happen in the next well, a lot can happen in the next two years where's where's aaron Rodgers going to be yeah what who, who are they going to draft like there's a, there's a what's the offensive line situation going to be like so like you, you can say well he's going to have this opportunity to maybe be the lead dog in two years well but we don't know what that's going to be so i would just get out Get out while you can. While, while the while the price tag is still high, sell 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 your AJ Dillon, especially if you got him at that 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 third round salary, and and you can say, look, he's he's cheap. You can afford to keep him on your bench, and you can sell somebody on this idea that he will ultimately uh, emerge. Yep, that might be true. And he can spend another year on their taxi squad. You, can spend or, another, you get things yep. you can. Yeah, you know the sales pitch that you you can you can do, yep. but I just think ultimately. By the time you get to realize something on A.J. Dillon, it might not even be there. You might be looking at uh, the backup running back now because they just drafted somebody else and and they're in you know, new quarterback land in Green Bay. And uh, I would just want out as fast as I could. So, All right. On to our buys. I'm going to bring up Jerry Judy. He's a buy for me because his ADP did drop from uh, numbers... That's- 
three. Crazy. Yeah. Well, I can see why, though. Okay. I mean, there we'll are some why. reasons. His ADP dropped from three to twelve. Some of the uh, concern for Judy is the QB situation in Denver. Sutton is coming back this year, uh, who's you know probably going to dominate. In most people's minds, he's going to be the dominant receiver. I don't necessarily see it see it that way, but I'll get to that in a we, second. We did tell people to buy Sutton, so yeah, I you did I, at least two weeks ago. I really <laughs> like Sutton. I'll just jump to it now since we're talking about it. I think having two good receivers on a team is oftentimes a good thing. Yep. So I think having Sutton and Judy on the field, they don't compete with each other for the type of targets that they're going to get at least not enough to, to cut into each other's production very much. Um, so what, I th- about, what about KJ Hamler? I don't know. I just don't Ham- care. Hamler's, a, <laughs> Hamler's a guy that I can't let go of his second round draft capital. Yeah. NFL he's, draft he's the capital. Tutu Atwell of last year. Maybe, yeah, like, maybe. Why was he drafted then? Yeah. But anyway, I actually think it's good to have two talented guys on the field like that. I think they'll help each other out. But another reason people might, might not be really high on Judy is he ended the season with three touchdowns, 850 yards, 52 receptions. Like those aren't super exciting numbers. He also had eight drops on the season. And, and some com- of those drops were like ugly yeah. drops. Yeah. Um, so you combine all that stuff together and his salary is probably pretty high because he was drafted early in the first round. And I, I can understand why somebody might be frustrated if they were counting on Judy last year to be a star. But I still think he's a buy. He saw 21% of the Broncos targets last year. I already mentioned I think Sutton coming back is a good thing. Um, I think as this offense comes together, maybe hopefully a quarterback either improves or they they sign one that can uh, be a little more efficient on this team. They got Teddy. At least Teddy is. Yes, Teddy. Teddy, Teddy can at least get the ball to, and, and he can he can. You, you're going to get two decent receivers with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. And I think they're young guys. They're going to be around a long time. If they stay on the same team, I think people will be talking about the Sutton-Judy tandem as one of the best in the NFL, um, you know, within the next handful of years. So I like both those guys. Judy had the six most most air yards in the NFL last year. Um, So he's, you know, he's getting downfield, making some exciting plays, which is always fun for your fantasy team. Um, and his TD percentage was low at, at 6%. I think that'll go up when the quarterback play improves. Um, so he'll, he'll be getting more than three touchdowns on a season in the future. So I think with the, uh, the drop in ADP, the, the drop in perceived value of Judy, this is a, a chance to buy low on a very talented player. Yeah, I think the, the reality of the situation is Jerry Judy is just a mind-bogglingly good route runner. And I just don't think that that's going to change. I mean, the next guy I'm going to talk to is not a great route runner, and so uh, and so he's going to be lower valued and should be lower valued. Um, <clears throat> but but I do think when you get guys who don't have to work on that part of their game, I mean, they will always still work on that part of their game, but who don't come into the league behind, and what I think is maybe the the hardest thing to do, which is is like learn technique and. and when you watch him run, I mean, like he 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 really just kind of looks like he's floating out there and can kind of change direction any way he wants at any time. So I just I, I think about that, and I just I think he's built for a long career, and I think he's he's 
it doesn't matter that Sutton's there. I I can't imagine KJ Hamler doing anything significant to him, and and I I just think the drops are something you can fix. Mike, well, maybe. My actually, that is a concern for me now because it's, it's a concern because he never he would never he never had had to win contested catches in college because no one ever could cover him, and now he that's part of the issue is that is the physical aspect of the game has changed so i read this is something this is why i'm a little more concerned about it i when i was getting ready for the episode today i was doing some reading about him and he had zero drops in college in 2018 yep 2019 he had seven and uh what they were talking about in this article was he actually was catching the ball differently in 2019 when he had the drops that he was letting the ball get into his body more than he was in 2018 so that either means yes it can be coached back out of him or he's developed in the wrong direction bad habits bad habit but what i'm maybe even more concerned about is if you end up doing that like it starts to get in your head and if that gets in your head um i think drops are one of those things that you can get in your own sandbox about you know in your own mind and it really could become a problem it can it can you know it's it's affecting deontay johnson in his career as well i mean like this it is a thing um but i just you know it, it wasn't it wasn't it hasn't been um a problem that has just been consistent and it's just for me like yeah whether you gotta go go to a shrink or or spend more time with the jugs machine. Like, like you, there's ways of working your way out of that. Like, it's not like a, like a Troy Williamson situation where you just don't know how to catch a football. Yeah. I mean, I have him as a buy. I think he'll work through it, but it, I, it does. I am a little concerned about it. I think I actually have him. If I remember rightly, I think I have him. Well, you and I have him. I think you have him rated a little higher than I do, but it, it's only because I think you bumped up the receivers a little bit more than I did when we, when we did this. So I think we both, like him quite a bit. I think he's a guy that you can get. His salary is not going to be great because he was probably drafted pretty high in your league. But I just think that he's one of those guys. When we talked about Claypool, I think Judy's just a guy that is going to be consistently productive, regardless of quarterback, regardless yep. of of whatever. Yeah. So, all right. Who's up next, Sean? All right. Another, another <clears throat> buy for us. Mine's a little bit more of a risky situation, and it's Henry Ruggs. Um, so we have him about 16th. Um, his current ADP rank is about 20 in this class. Um, he has a late first round salary. I think his 2020 ADP was about number nine. There's not a lot of demand for him, which is why he can be bought for somebody even, uh, uh, lower. And the reason why his ADP dropped is, he had mediocre production. His end, I think his end stats were 400 and some, I mean, I want to say 480, but I might be getting him mixed up with somebody else, but about, I think, mid to high 400s in terms of yardage. He did miss a little bit of time. Um, he's got a perception of being a guy that you would want in a best ball league, but like not, um, you know, like a John Ross type people, a lot of people made that that comparison. I don't think that that is a very accurate comparison. He was criticized uh, by the general manager um, uh, about his lack of strength, physical strength. He's not a big guy. And his difficulty getting into and out of breaks. Uh, and also, um, if you watched any Raiders football, 
uh, Waller just gets targeted yeah. in like every play. Yeah. So those are reasons why his ADP is dropped, and that, that's a significant drop. Um, so when you when I looked at what he struggled with, um, he struggled. He did the strength thing. You can see it. He struggled against press coverage because he's not strong enough. He, his technique in terms of like hand fighting. If you look talk about like what Jamar Chase does to get open, no one ever gets their hands on him. It, the problem with Henry Ruggs is people got their hands on him when he got in. When he would try to run and and close the gap with, with a D back, uh, if he did close the, the gap, they'd put their hands on him and it disrupt his speed. And um, and when he so his solution for that it was to it was to make his breaks earlier, which you don't want to do because then they can see you make the break and they can react. So uh, which uh, to me that's like college level route running like you you're used to just being able to blow by people and in the NFL, you can't do that even if you run a four, two. So those are a lot of negatives. The reason why I think you should buy the dip is I do think, um, there's a fundamental misperception on what his skill set is. He is not a John Ross type. He actually is a full and complete wide receiver. Who's just not very good right now. Like he, he hasn't mastered the techniques of the position. Um, which means I think that there is a lot of room for improvement, and he so far is looking to be putting in the effort. Um, so GM says he's not strong enough. He's put on 12 pounds of muscle this offseason. I think that that is an effort. Hollywood Brown did that as well, um, and he had some de- he had more production last year as a result. Um, also, in terms of his Route running, at least John Gruden has publicly stated after kind of criticizing before that, no, he's looking a lot better. And I think that, that those are two things that I'm looking at and seeing, okay, so is he responding in a good way? I do think so. The other thing is that what's changed around him last year, um, if you looked at what he was doing, it was a lot of, um, you know, he's clearing out a lot for Nelson Aguilar. So they'd send him deep and they'd have Nelson Aguilar run a crossing route or something like that and, and get a, a lot more production. My my hope uh, or my expectation for Ruggs, I thought he was drafted to be that guy who would catch the balls underneath and whatnot. As he was used last year, he was the clear-out guy. Um, <clears throat> they let Aguilar go, and they brought in a much faster player in John Brown. And I see that as a sign that maybe that John Brown is just going to be a faster Nelson Aguilar. I don't think so. I think they're, John Brown has made his entire career going deep and clearing out for, you know, Larry Fitzgerald or whoever else is running underneath. So I, I'm expecting that that is they brought Brown in to do that work where he can be more effective at, at getting deep and then having um, Henry Ruggs do a lot more catches close to the line of scrimmage where that he uses his speed after the catch which is what he did more of in college which is really what That's, he was like in college yeah. people thought he was just like this deep guy you know and right. andy isabella he wasn't he was a guy who caught the ball close to the line of scrimmage and then used his speed so um i think that there's the team is invested in him they spent they drafted him number one overall ahead of cd lamb and justin jefferson and so they they they're 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 they are going to want him to succeed. Um, I, I think they are giving signs that they are doing things to help that along. Um, there's room for another receiver to be productive behind uh, Darren Waller. 
Um, so, uh, so I, I do think, uh, for me, if I had like, um, a second half, uh, um, second round draft pick, I think you could probably get rugs for that. And I would do that. I would, you don't need to trade a first rounder for rugs. I think you could, you could trade a second rounder and get, and get rugs. And I think it would be a, a better bet than what you're looking at. So that's what I would do in terms of players. Like if you got Hollywood Brown, I would, I would trade Hollywood Brown, uh, for Henry Ruggs for sure. Cause I just, I see a lot more opportunity there for him. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown's another guy with a similar ADP. I would much rather have uh, a first-round NFL player than a fourth-round NFL player. And to me, it's not even close. Right. You know, and I, I failed to mention some names for uh, Judy, so I'm just going to go quickly back to that. Uh, mm-hmm. Guys that are valued similar, similarly to Judy, um, Julio right now I would for sure trade for Judy. Miles um, Gaskin is a guy I probably would trade for Judy. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, DJ, uh, Chark, I would trade for Judy every day, <laughs> twice on Sunday. Um, so those are some names. Just, Tyler Lockett. I'd trade yep. Tyler Lockett for Jerry Judy for sure. Yep. And you may have to, you may have to, depending on salary and whatnot, you might have to give up a little something, but yeah, those are, I, I agree with you on all those. All right. So yeah, I just wanted to, to throw out some names to, for you to consider. Um, we are at an hour already, Sean. So let's kind of take it quickly through our last couple of guys. Sure. All right. So my last buy is uh, Rugs' teammate Brian Edwards. Uh, he is prob- much cheaper. Much cheaper. He has a, had a late second round ADP last year in rookie drafts. Um, basically, it comes down to injuries for Edwards. He's he missed the senior bowl and the combine his draft stock dropped because of that last year. He only played in 12 games. He saw only 15 targets. Um, he just didn't exist last year. He just didn't. I mean, he was healthy towards the end of the year, but by that point, Aguilar had come in and was playing really well. So he just didn't see the field very often, but he's a big guy. He's six foot three, 215 pounds. If you're a metric person, he's got it. I mean, he broke up, broke out before he was 18 years old. He uh, was commanded 48% of the Gamecocks offense while he was at South Carolina, so his dominator rating is really high as well. Um, Nelson Aguilar is gone now, and that was basically the guy that was keeping him off the field. Uh, so I don't. So really, he'll play. I, he'll play. I. My hope is that his he did suffer the Jones fracture, which we've talked about a few times uh, over the past uh, 70 episodes, that that is a concerning injury, especially for a receiver. Um, but if he can get past that, I think he's going to get an opportunity, and I think he is a talented player. So I would uh, I would say buy him. I, so I looked at his ADP. It, it, it's, there are defenses, like a bunch of defenses and kickers, ahead of him wow. and I'm like and and like I just made the pitch for why I think Henry Ruggs is a buy you can get Brian Edwards for a kicker or a defense or Keyshawn Vaughn right we just talked about Keyshawn Vaughn or Jamison Crowder or Darius Slayton and and none of those might potentially like I think Ruggs is going to be really good but maybe it's going to be Edwards you, you don't know that well, and, and now want... he's getting on the field, so go get Edwards. You yeah. pay nothing for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you <clears> want good, two good receivers on a team. 
Yeah, well, they got Waller. That's the, oh, the tricky. That's... The tricky part is is some of his space occupied by Waller, but like, this, but still, this feels a little head to head, Sean. You and me. You got rugs. I got Edwards. We'll have to see how this plays out. <laughs> I mean, you're trying to make it out to be that way. I just told people to buy Edwards <laughs> too. All just, right, last they're guy. Both, they're both good bets. Last guy, real quick, is Darnell Mooney, and and this one is a, is a little tricky for me. Um, and, and I was trying to figure out his production wasn't great. It was actually it was a little bit better than 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 a rugs or a ranker. Not as good as like the next year. You're not as good as your Judies or your Claypools. Um, but he came out of nowhere, basically. You know, he was a fifth round pick, I think. And uh, I looked at we have him about twenty. His current ADP is is still only twenty three, and that's pretty low for a guy that I think has been more productive than than a lot of these players. And the thing is, is he reminds me a lot of Stefan Diggs, and it, so that that's a hard thing to say. Yeah, it's, um, is it the fifth round draft uh, stack? Is that... Yeah, and NFC Central, but it's so also kind of similar stats. So uh, Diggs comes in. Um, there's total wide receiver void in Minnesota when he came in because Thielen hadn't established himself yet. Uh, Seven hundred fifty yards. Um, so that's similar to what to what Mooney did. Also, just just visually, when he when I see Mooney play, he just to me reminds me of him. He is a little smaller. He's a little shorter. He's a little skinnier. So one of the things that helped Diggs go from that guy who put up some decent stats his rookie year to being, you know, a perennial thousand yard receiver was the Vikings went from basically having Teddy or remember. Bradford, you know, we had, we had we had Bradford here. We had Case Keenum, just kind of like these guys that were just not that good. I mean, Case had that kind of special year in 2017, but basically not a lot of great quarterback play. The Vikings signed Kirk Cousins. Um, it gave him a legitimate quarterback. The Bears, I think, are trying to do that. They they he's was locked in with Trubisky now now in Foles and. You know, Andy Dalton is probably going to be starting out, so his value is suppressed by some of that. But we have Justin Fields coming, and what does that mean? The short version of it is that Mooney last year was one of the league leaders in unrealized air yards, and unrealized air yards, which is that he was he was targeted on deep throws and missed a lot. That's air yards that didn't result in anything, <laughs> right? right? Um, so uh, he had his some of his other stats that kind of jumped out at me was low target quality, uh, and and I think he had above average separation. Basically, if he can get a quarterback that can throw the ball deep, he should do better. Now he's never going to be a high volume guy. I shouldn't say these because I didn't think necessarily Stefan Diggs would be. And he evolved that in that way, but I don't project him to be that kind of a guy. He might be more of a guy. Um, oh, like I'm blanking on his name, but in, in Buffalo, the rookie from last year who who really just Gabriel Davis, yeah, who just caught deep balls. Gabriel Davis put up some decent stats with Josh Allen as his quarterback, and then get replaced by Emmanuel Sanders. There's a difference, right? So you're bringing in Justin Fields, who probably is is either the first or second best deep ball thrower in this class, which is a really good quarterback class, and I just think his what he can do is going to fit well with what Mooney can do. 
And so if you're looking for a guy that is going to be inconsistent, but potentially much more productive than what we, what he's shown so far, I think he's a pretty safe bet. Um, if you, he, he, his ADP in 2020 was what I call the UDFA territory, which means he wasn't top three round pick, you know, he's either waiver wire pickup or if you got a deep league fourth, fifth round kind of a guy. Um, so if you have him real cheap, um, I just, he's a player with a wide receiver two upside. You can get pretty cheap. And so I, I just think when I'm looking at, um, him and cons and like thinking, could I trade Jalen Rager for Darnell Mooney and Jalen Rager probably was drafted at the end of the first or beginning of the second round. Uh, I would do that partly because I think Rager is somewhat capped by his offensive scheme situation, the drafting of, of Devontae Smith and, you know, who knows how many tight ends they have there. Um, if I could trade a guy, we're talking about running backs uh, being overvalued. If I could trade Tony Pollard and get Donald Mooney, I'd do that uh, all, the, all the time mm -hmm. because I just think Tony Pollard is just a guy and he's just never going to be anything more than just a guy. So you can convert that into something who could be a pretty consistent wide receiver too for you. Maybe not consistent game to game, but season to season. So that's that's why I'm saying Darnell Mooney is a guy that I would be interested in getting, uh, especially because his salary is probably going to be nothing. All right. Well, that is going to do it for our, uh, our second, our sophomore buys and sells, our second year players. Thank you for joining us today. Please remember to scroll down to the bottom of the show page here. Leave a rating and review where you're listening to this. Join the SteelPod Facebook group. Uh, find us on Twitter. I'm at SteelPod. I'm at SteelPod Sean. And we look forward to doing this again next week. We'll see you on Monday. Until then, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the SteelPod Facebook group. And follow us on Twitter at SteelPod. Thank you.